0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and I'd like to welcome you to our latest podcast. Let's see, um, what can I tell you? Oh, I had this really neat experience last week. You know, with 3D imaging, I was in LA. We we're running a Saturday CT angiography course with GE Health, and uh, I went to see the King Tut exhibit, which is indeed pretty cool. And the very end of the exhibit, they show how they scanned King Tut and they made 3D models and. Uh, You could see that it was using in-space software, which is typically what we use for our 3D rendering. I thought that was pretty cool. It was also pretty cool how they were able to suggest that based on the CT scan, the reason King Tut died is that he had a fracture of his tibia, I believe, uh, probably from a uh, stab wound or something, and it got super infected, and he must have got septicemia and died. Well, that's just one more story, but uh, King Tut was pretty cool, but... It cost 25 bucks, and they left all the good stuff back in Egypt. So I kind of got King Tut and his family, more family than Tut, but it was pretty neat. And uh, I think it's going to be going around the U.S. in three other cities, I guess Chicago, Fort Lauderdale, and Philadelphia over the next two years. So it was pretty worthwhile. It was a very nice uh, one hour of time to spend. Anyway, let's get back to business here. And um, on the Us on Ask the Fish so Yesterday, someone made a nice comment about the podcast and asked if I could discuss screening CT or and or contrast. So let's just do screening CT for the moment, and we'll come back to contrast a bit later. So in terms of screening CT, as you know, screening CT was uh, super hot a couple years ago, and now if you read Diagnostic Imaging or other magazines, those centers that open exclusively to do screening have basically gone out of business. And it's sort of the greater fool theory. As soon as someone thinks there's a way to make money and everybody does it, it's only a sure way to lose money. One thing about screening CT, from a financial perspective, of course, it became popular when the NASDAQ was uh, 5,000. When the NASDAQ is uh, well less than half that, it's surely not going to be as popular. People don't have the money to just basically throw away and they're uh, you know, 410Ks or not, or 401Ks are not going up by uh, 25 or 30% a year. But in saying that, screening CT really does have a lot of good impact and a lot of good reasons. And in fact, if you don't think about screening CT as a global exam of the body, but breaking it up into parts, what parts do you have? Well, you have coronary artery disease and coronary artery calcification scoring, which more and more cardiologists and radiologists are doing because it does seem to have very important value in terms of risk factors. As for looking at the lungs, you get two-thirds of the lungs for free when you do the coronary arteries, but in looking at the lungs, there's the National Lung Cancer Screening Study and we'll see the results in a couple of years. So we'll know whether screening the lungs in high-risk smokers is indeed a reasonable thing to do. But again, as long as you're scanning the coronary arteries, you already get two-thirds of the uh, lungs. And Dr. Horton and I wrote a paper a number of years back with Wendy Post and Roger Blumenthal finding out that indeed uh, you do not surprisingly pick up incidental lung cancers when you're doing coronary artery calcification scoring. So... Uh, we'll have to leave judgment to another day as to how good it is in lung cancer patients, but there is tremendous interest in it, of course. If we go to the abdomen, virtual colonoscopy has gotten terrific uh, write-ups. Uh, Perry Pickard uh, had tremendous results, better than classic colonoscopy. And for many patients who really don't want to do classic colonoscopy, it's an ideal study and is being accepted more and more and being reimbursed as a screening tool. Now, there is an Akron study looking very carefully how good this is and how reproducible it is and what's the best way of looking, 2D or 3D or both. And we'll see those results in a couple of years as well. But Reality is is that virtual colonoscopy is becoming something that's very commonly ordered and has very good results. Remember now, if you do virtual colonoscopy, you get the abdomen for free. And there are a number of articles uh, showing the n- number of incidental important findings when you do a CT of the abdomen for virtual colonoscopy. Again, we recognize, of course, that most people do virtual colonoscopy without IV contrast. And that's what we do. And so, You will pick up incidental things that are not significant. And of course, the danger of of false positive findings will always exist. But I think if you're very careful, that should be a very small problem. So in saying that, if I said to you, let's do the ultimate study, I'm going to prep you for a virtual colon. I'll fill you with air. I'll give you IV contrast and I'll scan from your neck through your pelvis I have the ultimate cardiovascular exam. With fast scanners, I can look at your aorta and all branch vessels. Cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer. IV contrast makes virtual colonoscopy, in fact, even more accurate. And I get the lungs and every other organ for free. And so we will pick up incidental renal cancers and very unlikely to pick up incidental pancreatic cancers. We will pick up liver lesions, though most will be benign hemangiomas or cysts, and we will pick up adrenal lesions, which are adenomas, and we will pick up renal cysts, and we will pick up degenerative osteoarthritis and scars in the lung and everything else. But when you look at the global picture and you think about it, it may not be all that bad. And I've often commented the way to think about whole body screening might be like going to your internist and them drawing blood. There's nothing special they're looking for but it's something they wanna make sure isn't present. So there is the issue with radiation dose, there is an issue with cause, there is an issue with contrast, but taking everything together, it indeed may be the right thing to do. Now time will tell as the bits and pieces from colon studies and lung cancer screening studies come in, but I think it's not unreasonable to do. And at Hopkins, we don't advertise, but we do a number of patients weekly, uh, typically from executive health, and patients are indeed very happy with the results and the outcome. So it's something you should consider, and although I recommend that you do not open a screening center and only do screening patients, it's something can indeed be a strong part of your overall practice. So with that, let me sign off and say uh, have a nice day, and since this is Thursday, have a nice rest of the week and weekend. Thanks a lot.